Hello, and welcome back to the Monster Buddies Podcast. On this episode, we're going to do something a little different. In previous podcasts, we took a look back at older films, uh, toys, books. But in this one, we're going to review a new movie that just came out called The Shape of Water. But first, let's listen to the trailer. If I told you about her, the princess without voice, what would I say? Clean that lab, you get out. This may very well be the most sensitive asset ever to be housed in this facility. You may think that thing looks human, stands on two legs, right? But we're created in the Lord's image. You don't think that's what the Lord looks like, do you? This creature is intelligent, capable of language, of understanding emotions. looks at me, he doesn't know how I am incomplete. He sees me as I am. The natives in the Amazon worshiped him like a god. Get him out. What are you talking about? No. We need to take it apart, learn how it works. I don't want an intricate, beautiful thing destroyed. We can do nothing. I'm sorry. Don't do this, Elasa. What is she saying? Don't do this. Oh, God, it's not even human. If I told you about her, what would I say? I wonder. This episode is going to contain plot spoilers, so if you haven't seen the movie, stop what you're doing, go watch it, come back, and listen. The Shape of Water is a 2017 film directed by Guillermo del Toro. It's written by Guillermo del Toro and Vanessa Taylor. And it stars Sally Hawkins, Michael Shannon, Richard Jenkins, Octavia Spencer, and Doug Jones as the creature. Oh, no. I just got tempted to say, Doug Jones! No, it's not Chuck Jones, (laughs) it's Doug Jones. I mean, it came to my head. (laughs) (laughs) So Guillermo del Toro has written and directed a bunch of other films, including The Devil's Backbone, Mimic, uh, Blade 2, Hellboy, Hellboy the Golden Army... Pan's Labyrinth, Pacific Rim, Crimson Peak, and now this one. So I just listed off a bunch of movies. Yeah, I didn't realize he had so many. But you've seen at least one of those. Yeah, Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. With the eyeball hand guy. Yes, the eyeball hand guy. Hand eyeballs. Eyeball hands. Eyeball hand sounds better. Eyeball hands? Yeah. So from now on, we're just going to call him eyeball hands. Ojos de water. How do you say hands? 
Manos. Ojos de manos. <laughs> wow. Manos de ojos. Is it because it was all in Spanish? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Uh, all right. So what else about him, other than the fact that he has the same first name as my mom's dad? Good information. Yeah. This film was kind of one of his passion projects since he was a little kid, and when he first saw the creature from the Black Lagoon, um, he always wanted to make a monster movie like this. Mm. Yeah, he was just um, enraptured with with that movie, and especially um, with the creature. And there's. A couple scenes in there where she's swimming on the water and the creature is underneath her swimming with her like in synchronization and it's almost like they're doing a dance Mm. and he just loves that scene so much and he was kind of heartbroken that the creature didn't end up with with the woman at the end well that was a big spoiler alert i never saw that movie well, it's <laughs> it's an older uh, Universal monster movie. It's all right. I probably so, will never watch it. So they all end that way anyway, right? Oh, they do? <laughs> yeah. The monsters never get the girl. I didn't know that. Yeah, and that's why he kind of created this movie was the monster finally gets the girl. Aw, that's sweet. Yeah. I like that Guillermo guy. So, uh, speaking of, you know, the creature from from the Black Lagoon, what do you think? Should you have watched that movie? No. No? Okay, how do I say this? I can see, because I've seen what the creature looked like in the Black Lagoon. Mm -hmm. And I can see similarities, but I don't think it has anything really to do with this movie. Personally, from a person that's never seen the Black Lagoon, Mm -hmm. I don't see why I would need to. No, there's definitely similarities. I would actually... Almost call uh, The Shape of Water a mashup between the creature from the Black Lagoon and Amelie. Mm, I can see that without seeing the other movie, but I can see that. Because it's it's more... That's very spot on. Well done. Thank you. That is why you're the professional. I'm not a professional at anything, so I don't know <laughs> what you're talking about. No, but... Um... That's, that's the first thing that came to my mind from, you know, the production design, which was just incredible Mm -hmm. the sets were amazing Mm -hmm. um to the music the music was just beautiful oh yeah um and it just gave me that feel of kind of like a french film and the first absolutely the first thing i uh thought of was amelie that's Uh, so spot on because i felt the same way i just obviously couldn't put it into words but the fact that when you said that totally true all we need is that cute little haircut that amelie had before we get into kind of what happens in the film and kind of discuss our our favorite parts or our least favorite parts, what was your overall reaction to the film? I liked it. I felt like it was long, but I liked it. Like if I were going to phrase it, like if someone were to say, so what did you think about it? Mm-hmm. I would say it's a long work of art. Okay, I get I get where you're coming from. The pacing is slow, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't feel like it was too long. I was engaged the whole time i think i think it's a it's a great story like i said the sets the music it all kept me you know into the movie Mm -hmm. which is surprising because i don't know if you can kind of hear it but my voice kind of uh congested and i'm getting sick so i wasn't feeling too good when we went and saw the movie yeah and from my um early film classes i took in college you know that was like one thing the art of watching film Mm-hmm. was you can't let your outside experience influence um, the movie. So if you're feeling bad, 
maybe you shouldn't watch the movie because oh. that'll affect the way you're actually watching it. That Are you worried that you would have let you feeling like dirt make you feel like the movie was dirt? Yeah. But at no time did it actually take me out of the film. So that's great. You never once thought like, okay, let's get it moving. No. Wow. Okay. That's good. Yeah, because there was always something that like... Grabbed your attention. Grabbed my attention and like kept me in there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, let's talk about the film a little bit more. Let's kind of get into the plot and what was going on in the film. Okay. Um, it's about a woman that lives in Baltimore that is some sort of janitor. And she works at some government facility, right? Yeah. And she ha- is actually mute. She wasn't born that way, obviously. She, there was experiments done on her when she lived in an orphanage. And so she has no vocal box, so obviously she cannot speak. So her friend at work, Octavia Spencer, speaks for her. And they connect basically because Octavia Spencer is a talker and she's not. And then um, she's always felt during her life that she, people look at her as if she's less than or she's lacking something. Mm -hmm. And when she meets the creature at the government facility, she falls madly in love with him because it's the first time she's felt fully accepted and the the first time that she sees that somebody sees her for everything she is rather than everything she lacks. So when she finds out that the creature is going to be murdered, um, she makes a plan to get him out of there. And with the help of her best friend at work... And then her best friend, which is her neighbor, and the doctor, they get him out, bring her, to, and they bring her to her apartment, and she takes care of him, and they fall even more in love, and do some weird things together. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's basically about that whole love story. So you felt like the the film was a little long, mm-hmm. um, but can you talk about some of your favorite moments or scenes? My favorite scene, I would say, would be when the guy that's the head of security, <laughs> he, I guess he got his, the creature, like, cut his hand, finger, two fingers off or yeah. something. <laughs> and so they, they, Octavia Spencer and the main, who's the main character? What's her name? Sally Hawkins. Yeah, so Octavia Spencer and Sally Hawkins go into where the creature, his little holding cell or whatever, to clean up a lot of blood that's everywhere. And the next thing they see is our two fingers on the floor. And Octavia Spencer goes, oh, is that a tater tot? Oh, it's a finger. Oh, it's two fingers. Like, I thought that part was so funny. She brought, Octavia Spencer was my favorite character. She brought so much humor to the, to the story, which it desperately needed. It's a lot of blood. What went on in here? It was you that found my fingers. There was mustard on them. You know, it's funny seeing her as a janitor, like, made pretty much. Kind of typecasting, right? I mean, she plays it well. She does. I mean, I thought she was perfect in the role. I actually thought, like, everybody was perfect in their roles. Me too. Even the best friend, the neighbor... Richard Jenkins? Yeah, he did a great job. Yeah, he's he's an amazing actor. He's been in so many different uh, movies uh, over the years. I, 
I think he started working in like the seventies, and he's still going. Wow. Yeah, but how? Sorry, not to cut you off, but how funny was the scene where he wakes up and he has hair? That was hilarious. <laughs> that was so good. So in the movie, he is known to be bald because he's this old man who is a has been artist that did what advertising basically yeah. and so which they kind of show that he had a drinking problem but they don't really talk about it too much mm-hmm. but anyways he is bald and when he would go out and try to impress people he would wear a toupee yeah and then when the creature one day he he scratches his arm or cuts his arm really badly and the creature in the end heals the dude, neighbor, guy, can't remember names, and in the process also touches the guy's head, which in turns brings back his hair or regrows his hair like overnight, which is hilarious, especially since he tried pulling it out. Yeah. (laughs) And then they like pan over to where his toupee sitting on the little mannequin or the little head. Yeah. (laughs) That was good. There's an awesome balance of humor and some horror stuff too. Mm-hmm. and romance it's just it's just a perfect it's a well-balanced film yeah i yeah. agree and i like that it doesn't shy away from anything either what do you mean so the scene where where um R- richard jenkins character um gets scratched mm-hmm. before that happens the creature gets out and sees his uh richard jenkins cat and he actually eats the cat. He he bites the head off the cat. And you see that. And, and you know, there's a bloody stump of a cat. Poor Pandora. Yeah, I know. It was so sad. I'm like, when I first saw that cat and I saw the, the, the creature, uh, I was just like, oh, please don't eat the cat. And, and when, the creature, when the cat hissed at the creature, I was like, bad move, Pandora. Yeah. You should not have done that. Yep. And he eats the cat. So that's what I'm talking about. It doesn't shy away from like the gore or the violence, you mm-hmm. know, especially with the fingers that we were talking about earlier. You know, at at, at one point, he's um, uh, Michael Shannon's character is sitting in his car and he like messes with it and the pus like starts coming Ooh, out of it. I'm so glad I looked away. And then later in the film, he'll, he'll actually rip off the two fingers. He ripped them off? Yeah. Oh. And he throws them. I knew exactly when to look away, didn't I? Yeah. Oh, gosh. It, it was... Uh... Oh, he's, he threw him on Octavia Spencer's rug. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I would have been so pissed. Don't get your rug dirty, right? Uh-uh. No way. <laughs> Especially it's like nasty dead fingers. Yeah. Give me a break. That's a whole other scene. I wanted to punch her husband in the face. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll get to it a little bit later. Mm-hmm. I'm still talking about kind of... It doesn't shy away from things. Yeah. So... In other movies, they might not have shown that um, Sally Hawkins' character masturbates. Hmm. She did she on did the, the daily, and she times herself. Yeah, she times herself <laughs> with while she's cooking the eggs, um, which is awesome. Uh, is it awesome? I just thought it was great. <laughs> and then it doesn't shy away from uh, sex either, mm-hmm. because you know other movies wouldn't have shown the creature get with. Sally Hawkins character. True. I'm still shocked that it had a dinger. Her explaining, you know, how (laughs) how it works was hilarious. Yeah, it was. Especially with Octavia Spencer's face she made. She goes, (laughs) and she mimics the hands. Yeah. That was funny. She's the perfect comic relief to have in this film. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's it's just amazing. Mm -hmm. 
They also didn't shy away from like the racial issues. Yeah. Because it wasn't when was it set? Fifties, sixties. Sixties. Yeah, and they wouldn't let the um, people sit at the counter for the terrible pie, mm-hmm. and that he kicked him out because uh, the guy who worked at the pie shop kicked the neighbor out because of the fact that he was gay and he came on to him and he said, this is a family restaurant. Yeah. You know, I thought at least it's cool that it kept with it. Yeah. There was definitely uh, the theme of like the other. So yeah. African American people, homosexuals, the physically and mentally impaired. Yeah. Um, are all kind of seen as the other, right? Right. You know, they're not normal. Um, but it, this turns it on its head and it's saying that the bad guy in the film is, is this clean cut kind of guy, all American guy from what, Texas, all American guy from Texas who has, mm-hmm. you know, two kids and the wife and you know, the Cadillac. Yeah. Um, that was teal. That's not green. Teal. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he, he's supposed to be, you know, the all American, the normal one. Yeah. But in this movie, he's actually the monster. Right. Exactly. Which was so great. I love that spin on it. And I don't, I know I said like it's great that they kept it. I want to say that like it's cool that they made it how it actually was back in those days. I don't think those thoughts and ideas are cool or good. No. I just don't want people listening and be like, she's racist. I'm not. <laughs> I well, mean, I'm a brown girl married to a white guy. Well, if you say you're racist, and then you definitely are. That's true. That's the number one. I'm not a racist. You're a racist. Ah, yeah. crud. No, but I like I like that it's set in a different era. Yeah. But it still has themes and it still has a message mm-hmm. that can be related to nowadays. Especially yeah. with everything that's going on now. It's like... This movie had so many layers to it. It was really cool. Can I talk about one thing I liked? It's very random. Yeah. I liked... What's her name? Elisa? Eliza? The main character. Sally Hawkins, who Sally. played Eliza. Yeah, I liked her pot that she boiled her eggs in. I wasn't even paying attention to that. Really? I've always wanted one like that because I saw it on like a Food Network show, I think. (laughs) And it's it's a clear pot. Mm -hmm. And you can see through it and you can see the eggs. You didn't notice that? No. Well, you got to pay attention to those household supplies. I was just looking around at all the sets and all the different colors that they were using Mm. and just how amazing it was that they were like a color scheme throughout this whole film and it was like it was water it was blues greens teals throughout the whole thing it was it was really beautiful and the lighting was beautiful yeah wow the lighting um just all the cinematography it just just blows my mind and the one thing that can i talk about my favorite scenes now too of course so my favorite scene, just the way it looked and, and how it was shot, was the very end when they're both in the water. Oh, that's beautiful. And they're just spinning around like like they're dancing with each other. Right. Um, and that was actually shot not in water at all. Really? Yeah. That was all camera techniques and, and different lighting techniques to get it to look like that. Wow. Yeah. How incredible knowing that it just makes it even better yeah wow because i remember watching me like wow that is so beautiful and then i was thinking it must be so hard for her to not look terrible underwater because i remember watching 
This is so bad. On America's Next Top Model episode where they had to do modeling under the water and they all had terrible faces. And I just saw it and looked in awe of how graceful she looked. Mm-hmm. Even with the blood coming up from the water, yeah. coming up, going up to the top of the, the surface of the water, and then the lighting. Oh, so pretty. It's, it's pretty hard to shoot in water. So yeah. I like that he didn't and that he made it so graceful and so elegant and just so beautiful. It was beautiful. Just even how the creature moved around her and swam around her mm-hmm. was just you can feel the love and the chemistry they had, mm-hmm. you know, that it's just it's just the two of them. That's all they need. Um, I'm a sucker for a love story. It, it And this is what it was. You know, it, it wasn't really a monster movie. It was a love story. Mm hmm. How cool is the scene for when she spoke or whispered that one time? Before it broke into the little musical number, that lighting was gorgeous. Yeah, that whole that whole musical uh, number was just awesome. Mm-hmm. I really loved it. I still couldn't hide my love for you. You ought to know, for haven't I told you so? Um, but it was cool that it actually went black and white for that scene. Yeah, I loved that. Especially since they they showed so many clips of them, her and her neighbor watching all these old musicals together yeah. that were obviously all black and white. Mm-hmm. And then when they did that in black and white, it was just really cool okay. to see. So uh, Del Toro was actually thinking that he was going to shoot this in black and white. Oh, the entire thing? Yeah, it was going to be a black and white film. I wonder what made him change his mind. Money. Oh. So, uh, I mean. Fox Searchlight, I think, was the production company. They were going to give him $17 million for the thing if it was black and white. But if it was in color, uh, they were going to give him 20 Wow. Yeah. So, he decided to to um, shoot it in, in color. And um, it actually turned out even better than it would, I think. Yeah. Because, like I was saying before... All the colors, like, they're part of the story. Yeah, absolutely. When we got out of the movie, didn't you say, like, oh, it should have been called The Colors of Water? Mm-hmm. Because it was so pretty. So, Guillermo del Toro actually talked about shooting in black and white versus color. And he says, on one hand, I thought black and white would look luscious. But on the other hand, I thought it would look postmodern. Like I was being reflective rather than immersed. Ooh. So yeah, I think I think he's completely right. I think it turned out to be a better film than it would probably have been um, if it was in black and white. So what are some other things? Uh, the dude, the security guy, what's his name? Michael Shannon's the actor. I don't know the character's name. Dead Fingers. Yeah, just call him Dead Fingers. Yeah, so Dead Fingers washes his hands before he pees. And the first thing I thought was, that's exactly why I never touched the knobs. <laughs> yeah, that made no sense to me. I'm like, why are you washing your hands before you pee? Yeah, and then he says that it says a lot about a man because either they wash before or after, and you question those who do it both times. I'm like, who washes their hands before they pee? And then why aren't you washing it afterwards? That's nasty. And then you're just your hands are all up on that door frame. Ugh. 
Well, if if it's like you've been touching stuff all day, I could see like kind of washing your hands before you actually like touch your stuff. Oh, that's true. I don't think <laughs> about being a boy. <laughs> or you could do just what he did and just like put your hands on your Hover. side and not even touch it and just let it flow. Uh, but still, wash your hands. Yeah. Nasty. And then he was such an uber bad guy that he even like sexually harassed the main character. I need to seriously learn names. This will never happen. Elsa. Elsa? Her name's not Elsa. The main character? The mute? Yeah. The mute woman is named Elsa. I thought it was Eliza. Eliza? Eliza. Elsa's Elisa? from Frozen. Elisa? Whatever. Let it go. Let it flow. Let it flow. Ew. That's so nasty. But I, <laughs> when he's going to the bathroom with his hands on his hips, you just see um, Octavia Spencer and main character woman that I'll never remember just look at him like, what the f-? Why are you going to the bathroom? We're in here. And yeah. then the main character just holds out the, the towel for him. That was funny. <laughs> Excuse us, sir. No, no, no. That's all right. Go ahead. You ladies seem to be chatting enjoyably. Girl talk, no doubt. Don't mind me. They had a lot of good scenes like that. Why did she like eggs so much? Like, know. literally every day was boiled eggs, like an egg sandwich. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder, there has to be some sort of meaning behind that. Yeah, so I think there's a symbolic meaning for the eggs. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't wrap my head around it at the time. We literally just watched the film and now we're recording. So, like, yeah. if maybe I had more time to think about it, or maybe if I went and saw it again for, like, a second time, like, mm-hmm. maybe it would come out. But, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, okay, this is going to, you're going to be like, wow, you're far out there. Maybe she wishes she were to have kids or that maybe she can't have kids kind of thing. Because with the the experiment on her vocal cords, so maybe they did more things and then so her like eggs or ovaries are gone. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's what it was. But that's like a stretch. Yeah. And you keep on, I want to, I want to get back to this thing. You keep on saying that it's an experiment that happened to her. Or surgery. You know what I thought? Because they said the orphanage found her by the water. Mm-hmm. I think she was like amphibious person that they found. Oh. And her little gills were messed up. And at the end, since he brought back uh, Richard Jenkins hair, mm. I, I thought he restored her gills. Because it was it was a little weird that she knew exactly when it was going to rain. And maybe that's why she was mute. Because her gills were all messed up. Maybe she's a mermaid or something. Oh. My. God. Yes. Oh. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Do you think she remembered it? No. I don't think she did. Because... They said she was a baby when they oh. found her. So I don't know if she'd remember it. That's my theory. I'm for that theory. And that's why they had such a strong little connection. Yeah. One of my favorite scenes from the movie was when she was talking to her neighbor about the creature, the amphibian man. Oh, yeah. And saying that 
you know, they have to do something, they have to break him out. Um, that was just so emotional. They got that emotion so on point. And my favorite line from, from it was, if we do nothing, that's what we are. Ooh. Yeah, because right before that, they were talking about how they're different from everybody else and how everybody else and how they feel like they're nothing. Yeah. And Sally Hawkins says, no, if we don't do anything, then that's what we are. Right. And I just thought that was so beautiful. And it was also, I loved how she was like, what makes me any different than him? Mm-hmm. You know? That was so good. That was such a good line. A good, great scene. Mm-hmm. And I love how you can feel her emotion, even though he's translating. And he translated it with a little bit of feeling, but not all of it. Mm-hmm. You know? I just really liked that. So that was that was my favorite scene. Did any other ones? Let's see. Another great scene was the time card scene when Michael Shannon has them both in his office. Uh-huh. And he's talking about their time cards. Uh-huh. And he's like just totally degrading them. And um, Sally Hawkins, you know, signs and she says, F you. Yeah, that <laughs> and, was good. And that was awesome. But all I could think about during that scene was, I'm like, where's the pie at? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Eat my you say? I said, eat my. She's so such a great actress. You know what I like too, that it was actual real American Sign Language that they were she was doing. Yeah. And in a lot of movies, for people who obviously who are not deaf or hard of hearing, mm-hmm. you can tell that they're not fluent in the language. You can tell. You can tell by the way people sign. And you can, it was obvious by watching the movie that she took a lot of time to not only learn it, but to physically do it as if somebody who is fluent in that language. Like, it it was so well done. Like in, um, (laughs) this is going to show more terrible tastes than I have in stuff, but Switched at Birth, the TV show Mm -hmm. that used to be on ABC Family, the mom of the mom, well, I guess she's kind of the mom of the one that was deaf, the Latin mom. She was supposed to be an incredible signer and knew all the, knew all sign language was fluent like crazy. She was terrible at signing. Terrible. And I just, every scene she was doing that, I was like, make her stop. And then eventually they did make her stop. So, hmm, says a lot. <laughs> but back to this, she just did such a great job at signing. I really liked it. So all in all, I think this is my favorite movie of 2017 because that's when it came out. But mm-hmm. we saw it in 2018, and I think it might be one of my top 2018 movies too. Really? Yeah. Can I say something? What? Can we finally talk about Octavia Spencer's terrible husband, Bruce? Oh yeah, I said we were going to talk about him. <laughs> yeah. That made me so angry. Just that whole scene when Dead Fingers comes in and he's just like berating Octavia Spencer and homeboy Spruce is just sitting back there like, uh. If anybody walked into my house and just slightly disrespected me, I would hope to God you'd be like, what the? Punch, 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 out. Yeah. But no, 
He just sat there. And then the stupid guy friggin' sold out his wife. Yeah, in that the end. cool. What a jerk. Friggin' Bruce. Was that his name, Bruce? Yeah. <laughs> he was terrible. But I did like the scene, or the line when Octavia Spencer goes, of all the times, you don't say a word, of all the times you speak up or whatever. It was like, so true. You suck, Bruce. God. In your dumb chair. But what did you think about the movie? Would you recommend it for other people? I would. Absolutely. Even though I felt like it was too long, I know it's just me. Mm-hmm. It was, it had way too many pros to not enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Like the cinematography, perfect. The score, incredible. Soundtrack, beautiful. Lighting, wow. Acting, great. Plot, fantastic. Writing, awesome. Just everything was on point other than it just feeling a little too long to me. You know, that's everything I was going to say except for it not being too long. I felt that it was, you know, perfectly paced Mm -hmm. and it just kept on going. Um, Yeah, but I would definitely recommend this movie for anybody, really. Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody can watch it. I think that's what kept me interested too during the parts that i felt were too long was the love story so i was really happy about that mm-hmm. lovey-dovey smoochy smoochy with weird wieners <laughs> <laughs> oh when octavia spencer was like don't trust a man don't trust a man even when it looks flat down there can't trust a man <laughs> that was so good that was a great one so um i would say actually if you want to go see this movie, I would say go see it in the theater. Mm-hmm. I feel like a, a member of the Beehive. Yes, Queen. Because, oh my gosh. It, it, was, it was so beautiful to see. And I actually thought that. Because usually, I personally don't care if I go to the theater, if I just wait for it to come out and watch it at home. It usually makes no difference. But I remember just sitting in the chair thinking, wow, this is just stunning. And I know that if we were not to have watched it in the theater, I would have regretted that big time. So go out, watch it, enjoy. And kick Bruce in the face for me. Ding! Copyright holders and no infringement is intended.